This is Season 5 of Play Therapy Across the Lifespan. And in this season, I want to share ideas to help you create a play space that conveys to clients that this is a great place to do therapeutic work. I've invited Dr. Casey Lee to join me in the conversation, so you'll hear more than just my perspective. We've got lots of practical ideas, and even those of you who have been doing play therapy for years will get some ideas for making your play space even better. If you're a beginner, these seven podcasts will walk you through spaces, toys, organization, and ethics. Bring your creativity. I love organization. I sigh with contentment when I see nicely ordered shelves and drawers. I spend more time than I'd like to admit browsing organizational products. I bet you've read about organization too. I bet you've watched TV shows as others get organized and browsed the endless Pinterest photos of perfectly aligned and labeled pantries. I'll leave your pantry to Pinterest, but today I do want to talk about organization as it applies to play spaces. This is episode 31, Organizing Your Playroom. Playrooms need to be orderly and consistent every time. After your client has warmed up to the room and knows where to find the toys and tools for their therapy, it can pull them out of deeper work to hunt for something that has been an essential tool in their work. Now, this isn't the same as looking for something that is there. That's often part of their work. I'm talking about the frustration of trying to do a job when someone has moved your tools. Cass from Clutterbug, and she has podcasts, books, and you can find her on YouTube. She created a classification system for organization that I found really helpful. It also explains why people organize differently. Her basic system is the intersection between your preferences on two scales. First, Do you like to macro-organize or micro-organize? So think big picture and big categories versus detailed order with a lot of smaller categories. In other words, do you grab a pile of cars off the playroom floor and prefer to drop them into a bin with all the other vehicles? Or do you like to line up all the sports cars together, the emergency vehicles together, and the planes together? The second scale that she talks about is a visual. Do you want to see your options or have things put away out of sight? So in other words, do you want all the puppets visible in an over-the-door shoe hanger? Or do you prefer to have all the puppets in a trunk behind the puppet stage and out of sight until needed? There isn't a right way to organize, but you do need some organization in your playroom. With most children, macro-organizing is easier, and it's quicker to put back between clients. 
you can usually tolerate more toys in a space with macro organizing too. But if you prefer to micro organize, well, that works. You will probably want to be more selective and have fewer toys to help your cleanup go faster. And if you like things where you can see them, make sure you have adequate shelving with natural dividers to keep similar things displayed together. Many children prefer things to be visually displayed. It shows you all your options. But you may prefer things to feel less cluttered and more put away. If you work with children with sensory issues, then you don't want to overstimulate with too much visual input. In those cases, bins with labels work pretty well. Clear bins make the contents visible, but they also increase the amount that can be seen. And speaking of labels, if you label, you might want to use pictures instead of words. And that would be especially true if you work with those who don't read well or who don't speak the language you speak as their primary language. So consider whether you and your clients prefer macro or micro organizing. And then consider how visible you and your clients need the toys to be. I like to keep things simple with easy-to-follow systems. And so here are three suggestions for systems to organize your space. Just keep in mind your own macro, micro, and visual preferences. So the first system is to organize in zones. Divide your play space into the zones you need. If you only have one office, then part of your overall space needs to be an area devoted to admin tasks like progress notes and computer work. You don't want this to be kid-friendly or client-friendly space because it likely stores confidential in your personal stuff. Consider how you set your space up to reflect that this part of the room is not play space. So depending on the ages and the ranges of the clients you work with, your zones may look different, but what you want to do is you want to keep the supplies for certain activities all together. So maybe you'll have a dress-up zone with all the costumes and a wall mirror together. You might have a reading nook with all the books you use. You could have a carpet with a road and a town on it and all the cars and vehicles stored close by. Perhaps you have an art area with all the creative supplies. Or a sand zone with your sand tray and miniatures or your sandbox and your sand toys. Some people like to create zones based on the categories of toys. So the aggressive release toys go together. The nurturing and real life toys go together. And the creative toys and materials go together. Your zones will be determined by how many toys you have and how it makes sense to group them. What really matters is that your clients can go to the same space to find what they need week after week. The second system is your containers. I never had a lot of time between clients, so I like to be able to quickly toss toys in containers instead of lining them up individually on shelves. Sometimes that would bring out my perfectionism too, which wasn't good. It also reduces the visual clutter. Can you hear my personal preferences? Sometimes a toy can serve as the container. 
such as a dollhouse where the dolls and the furniture are stored, or maybe your Lego table with the bases attached that contains storage for the blocks. The third system is an optional one, but one that might be helpful if you share your play space. That one is checklist. I like having short, quick checklists to help keep me reminded of the things I need to make sure that I've done. So making sure I've checked the sand for buried objects or remembered to retrieve that hidden object. If you share a playroom, this is really important to prevent office frustrations when others don't leave the room put back together. It's an optional step, but it saves my brain power for the clients when I have a short list to run through to make sure that I'm ready for the next client. Short and quick are the key words here. If you share a playroom with other therapists, you need an agreed upon system for setting up the playroom every time. Communicate well and remember that some of your differences might just be differences in how you prefer to organize. And speaking of differences, let's hear another perspective with Dr. Lee. This season, I have a special guest. Dr. Casey Lee is a registered play therapist supervisor, a national certified counselor, and a licensed professional counselor as a mental health service provider in Tennessee. She is also my colleague in the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program, and she's the faculty director of Lipscomb University's Center for Play Therapy and Expressive Arts. She earned both a bachelor's and a master's degree at Vanderbilt University and a doctoral degree at the University of North Texas, where she naturally specialized in play therapy. And she trained with world-renowned play therapists like Drs. Gary Landreth, Sue Bratton, and Dee Ray. Dr. Lee is also approved by the Center for Play Therapy as a trainer and supervisor for mental health professionals seeking certification as child-centered play therapist and child-parent relationship therapist. She has lots of experience and wisdom in play therapy and a heart for teaching it. This is a portion of my interview with her. So welcome back, Dr. Casey Lee. Thank you for joining me again on the podcast. Hello. So this week we are talking about organizing your playroom, and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, so what are your thoughts just kind of around organization and play spaces? What do you say about that? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because play therapists tend to be well, a lot of us are pretty creative, artistic people and um, flexible, adaptable, go with the flow. And um, But when we think about a playroom, um, it is really important that the room be organized. Um, and so, you know, in my playroom, I like to have a spot for everything. Um, and that's where it goes. Um, and at the end of every session, wherever it started, that's where it goes back at the end of the session. Um, not that children are responsible for remembering, you know, if a child picks up something and they put it back somewhere else, that's fine. Um, but um, at the end of every session, I make sure everything is put back where it started. So that way, every time a child comes in the room, um, the experience is the same. It's predictable. Um, that promotes safety um, if they can predict, um, 
you know, if they can predict how things are going to be, find what they need easily. You know, a lot of kids will play with the same thing session after session until they resolve whatever it is that they're working on. Um, And so we want that thing to be in the same spot every time that they know where it is. Um, So it really promotes, um, you know, safety within the relationship and just that overall environment, Um, the structure of the environment, predictability is really important. Yeah, I agree. It's really important. They can find what they need when they need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you if you prefer to macro organize or micro organize and based on your last answer, I think I know what you're going to say, but do you just like to kind of do the big organizing and categories or do you like things to be organized down to, you know, kind of that micro level? Yeah. So, um, kind of both. Yes. And, um, so I like to, you know, categories of toys are together. So we've talked about categories in some of the previous episodes that, have my nurturing toys together, have my aggressive toys together. Um, but within that category, everything has its spot. Um, so, um, and not, you know, I don't want to be too type A about it, but um, I want everything displayed. Everything's open. They can see their options when they look at the shelves. Um, and so I don't um, put things in baskets or bins, um, even if they're all kind of, you know, I might put blocks together in a bin, or I might put dress up clothes, you know, in a, in a trunk or something. Um, but all the animals are going to be sitting out open. Um, you know, if I have a medical kit, I might have it in a, in a container, but I'm going to have it open. I'm going to have it displayed. Um, and so, so everything's together with its family of toys. Um, but within that, everything, um, has its, its place. Yeah. And I think I tend towards more macro organization. And that is just because um, sometimes I get bogged down in details. I do this in other parts of my life as well. Um, and, and uh, w- you know, when they fall over and things like that just drives me bonkers. And so yeah. I found that that just to keep me in that, you know, that very client-centered space that if I'm not worrying too much about that, it just helps me to do it on a kind of more of a macro level. Yeah. And, and I think too, that, I think that's important thinking about that. If we do want to take that approach of everything has its space, you know, then we're going to be limited in what we have in the room. Um, so yeah, we can't make 50 animals stand up on their feet in between every session, but maybe we can do eight. And there's benefits to that as well. Yeah. And so being, being, you know, uh, minimal, um, having the basics of what you need, not trying to have everything. Cause again, you want, you want them to come in and feel like I know what's here. I know what's available to me. I know what I have access to, um, and not feel overwhelmed by the number of, I think play therapists, we love toys. Um, it's our job. We love toys. And, you know, if toys are, if toys are their words, we want to give them all the words so they can say whatever they need to. But there comes a point where, you know, there's too much stuff in this room. Um, and we, we know that we feel that in our own lives of, I can't, you know, I can't focus. I can't concentrate. There's too many, there's too much stuff. Um, and so keeping it, you know, keeping it minimal helps with that too. Yeah. So just on a very practical level, um, a lot of, um, People that do play therapy may have back-to-back clients and they may have a pretty short window for cleaning up the playroom between uh, sessions. And so what kind of organizing tips would you have to help with that? I know you just mentioned just having less helps. 
Uh, but what other things might you suggest? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, going back to kind of something we've talked about before, being proactive, being preventative. Um, so um, thinking about, you know, if I'm if I'm going to be permissive, if I'm going to be um, flexible, that I have to, there's a possibility that the child can use every single thing in this room and not put it back where it needs to be. Um, so I need to be able to get everything in here back to where it needs to be pretty quickly. Um, and so, um, you know, so again, I might limit the number of options that they have. I might not include specific toys in the playroom. So we've talked about glitter, you know, that's a mess I can't clean up. Um, I also don't have, um, Legos in my playroom. So my child loves Legos. Mine um, too. I loved Legos as a child. They're so small and there's so many of them. And so thinking, you know, if a child were to come in here and take this basket of Legos and sling it, um, how am I going to clean that up? I'm probably not going to be able to in 10 minutes. So that's just something I don't, I have building blocks. Um, I have other, uh, you know, toys that are for building, um, but not Legos. That's just too much. So I want to kind of prevent some of those things. Um, you know, same things with like art supplies. So anything that's in the room is an option for them to play with. So um, things like construction paper, I might put out, you know, just a few colors of construction paper um, and they can use what's available to them. But I don't have the whole pack in the room um, because if it's in the room, they can use the whole pack if they choose to. I'm not going to get a, you know, a fight about that uh, or set limits. I, mean, I don't fight with my clients, <laughs> set limits around that. Um uh, so kind of limiting, you know, thinking proactively um, how to set myself up for success and kind of preventing um, some things. But um, one thing that uh, I learned at UNT that's really helpful, especially if you share a playroom, is to take pictures of where everything goes. And so that way, you know, maybe if you have staff coming in to help you clean or you have other therapists coming in to help you clean in between sessions, um, that we can all look at the pictures and know where everything goes. Sometimes it's easy for us when we've watched the session, we know, oh, I need to put this back here, or this over here. Um, but if we weren't there, the pictures can really help. Yeah, I think that's helpful for those that have to share a playroom as well. Or even if you're new to maybe, yeah, you're maybe you're going into a room that you didn't design. You didn't put these things in here. Um, and so you taking pictures to help yourself remember, where do I need to put these things back? Um, especially, especially after really challenging sessions where, um, you know, everything's in the floor or everything's in the sandbox. I guess maybe preventative is my biggest tip. The pictures are really helpful. Minimizing. Um, what's actually in the room. Um, but then also, you know, there might be times we have to end a session early. Um, that if we know we're going to need more time to clean up for the next client, um, that we end a little bit. Now, I know, you know, a lot of people, when you bill insurance and things like that, you've got minutes that you need to clock. But, um, you know, if it's going to interfere with the next client's time, um, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of allowing yourself more time to clean. So maybe if you know, if you have a particularly um, messy client um, that you don't schedule another client directly after them, that you allow yourself more space. Um, so that way in session, you can be more focused on being present with them 
positive regard for them. Um, and you're not worried about how am I going to clean all this up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great way um, to also care for ourselves, just to be aware that um, we need to take care of ourselves in this process too. Really great advice there. Um, So one more question I have for you today is um, earlier in the podcast, I talked about zones in the playroom as kind of a way to organize the space. And so what do you think are the essential zones that a playroom needs? Yeah. Um, Typically, I like to have uh, the sandbox right in the middle. Um, So ideally, we have a big sandbox. Kids can get in it. Um, If we're doing group work or uh, sibling work that two kids, you know, pretty substantial size sandbox right in the middle of the room. Um, So that way, if they're bringing other things into the sand, which they will, you know, they have ready access to everything else around the sandbox. Um, So right in the middle, and we know that it's the most used toy. So right there, front and center, fans in the middle. Um, So that's kind of the middle, the middle part of the room. But, um, and like I've said before, um, the puppet theater. So typically in the corner of the room, I'll have maybe like a rug that's kind of soft with a puppet theater um, with the dress up clothes and a mirror and the puppets and um, a bean bag, typically. So, you know, the puppet theater could be for a puppet show. It could also be for dress up. It could be for a play, um, but it could also be kind of like a, a a resting zone or a hiding zone that's a very soft nurturing um, corner of the room so it's um so they feel secluded if they need to they have privacy if they need it um so i like to have that kind of corner space um the kitchen you know usually the kitchen takes over pretty if you have a big you know kitchen sink a real wooden one um that takes up a good amount of space of having you know the sink and the stove with the food um, I like to have a broom. Um, so one, so I can sweep up sand after sessions, but also if the kids choose to clean, that it's there for them. So some really practical real life um, items there around the kitchen. Uh, and then kind of like an art area. So a table uh, with art supplies, um, an easel, if you can, if you can afford that with paint. Um, so having kind of your creative expression zone with everything there that they need um and then the bot bag um so i've said before i think it's really important to have a bot bag but you want to have um somewhat of an open space um, where it can really be used freely so if they were to hit it and it knocks over you know it falls to the ground and doesn't fall into anything else um and so having you know a, a little bit of an area that's pretty open um for that free play around the bot bag Um, and again, you're so typically I have things, you know, all around the walls, the sandbox is in the middle. Um, and then I have my rolly chair so I can roll, you know, I have tile floors, don't have carpet so that I can roll the chair, um, you know, all around the sandbox and get to wherever I need to be, um, without having to to get up unless the child needs me to do that. So those are kind of my primary, those are the bases and everything kind of fills in around that. Yeah, gives us a great overview of um, what you want in a playroom. Thank you so much for sharing that today. Well, thank you. I am far from an organizing expert. 
but I think it helps to identify your organizing preferences. Do you like to macro or micro organize? Do you like things to be visually available because out of sight is out of mind? Or do you prefer to only see what is important for the work right now? Know your preferences because you will be spending a lot of time in your play space. But also be aware of what your clients might prefer. Generally, children prefer macro organization that is visible. But most adults prefer for things to be less visible. And of course, it doesn't have to be all one way. You can combine them. You might also find it helpful to organize your space with zones, containers, and checklists. I'd strongly encourage using zones, but containers and checklists are more of a personal preference. And that's all I've got for this episode. Next time, we're going to talk about role play toys. Now, I feel inspired to go and organize my desk now. There are many settings where you might use play therapy. And when you mix in that we are all unique, play spaces are going to be different. Although there isn't an exact right way to set up a playroom, there are certainly things that make it function better for both you and the client. I hope that today's episode helped you improve your play space. If you have ideas, contact us at playtherapypodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at playtherapypodcast.org. You can follow me on Instagram at playtherapywithdrdenise. Remember, I don't have an E at the end of Denise. I appreciate all the subscribers in our playful tribe. When you subscribe, it helps others find us too. A big thank you to Dr. Casey Lee, the editing magic of audio engineer Sheldon Clark, production assistant Kara Allison, and songwriter Sarah Beth Go. This podcast is funded through the Lipscomb University Center for Play Therapy and Expressive Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Denise Thomas. Now go play, create, and heal. You wonder when you'll get your song again and make happy the dreams with the song you sing. You've got so much to say And not a lot of words I'll come along and believe That your song isn't broken Soon you're going to see That you've got what you broken.